Mike Young, Stories That Need To Be Told, podcast. We are in Phoenix, Arizona for All Things Comedy, Comedy Festival. I'm sitting here with two old friends. They're not old because of their age. We've just known each other a long, long time. Joel Bashkoff, Matt Komen, owners, operators, general managers, bartender, whatever. They've done it all from the bottom up. And I've wanted to talk to you guys for a long time because, ironically, no one's put you on their podcast, yet you know everything about comedy. Joel, I've known you probably 16 years, right? Maybe long. I mean, literally. 16 years. 16, 17 years when I started comedy. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Matt Coleman, I've known you five, seven, nine. What do you think? Eleven? A decade. Let's go with a decade. Yeah. Coleman's got a million voices, dying to be a comedian, but is not. So he's just looking forward to karaoke tomorrow. What is this? This is delicious. But these guys have run, thank you very much for the alcohol. They've run the improv chain, the copper blues chain. Joel, what else? Stand up live. Stand up live. And it... Do you think it's ironic that now there's like TV shows about stand-ups? And I know you've probably been hearing about these type of shows wanting to get on the air for like 20 years. People have probably been talking about like, you got to do the dark side of comedy. You got to do a show about the... How many times have you heard that? And then finally now there's a show on Showtime. I'm dying up here. Are you surprised that the show fu- took this long like this to get on the air after what you've seen and gone through and looked at? and what do you think? Coleman, you look ready to talk. I don't know. I was directed at Joel. I was really curious. I know, but I saw him fall asleep. No, I, 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 I mean, saw Joel I like, fall asleep on no, the mic just now. I was doing the head nod, like, yeah, yeah. And then I was waiting to hear Joel. And then I could no, piggyback but, off, uh, off what he said. See, and I was, it was the reverse. But it's like, he kept leaning in. So yeah. every time he kept leaning in, I was like, all right, well, I'm. All right, Joel, you take the question. Take the it's question. Are you surprised it took this long? And is there I'm a dark side to comedy? The problem is egos. I think it's been an ego play. I think that with having so many different chains out there, especially the two Silverback Gorillas, that uh, Silverback was for uh, Katie Myers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Silverback Gorillas that between the improv and the comedy store, um, I think that people didn't know what direction to go to because people were claiming that they helped start. Right. So ego got in the way exactly. of telling the story, which, like who, which happens where often. Did, yeah, where did really Andy Kaufman start? Did he yeah. start at the improv? Did he start at, uh, at the comedy store? I think at the end of the day, you gotta look at the both places. They have totally, improv and comedy store have totally different personalities. You know what I mean? I believe, you know, to me, you go to the comedy store, it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a darker vibe. It's a, it's a more artist, not artist friendly, but it's more of a creative space. You know what I mean? There's people having sex in a dark corner on a third floor. You know what I mean? There's, there's a third floor there, at the comedy a, store? There's, p- there's police around at all times. But the things the comedy store is a darker vibe than the improv, it, I would say. It also changed over the years because back in the day when I was booking the improv, the cool part about it was it was a hang because you could go hang with all the comics that you loved and saw on TV. There was no social media. In the comedy store, all the comics were in the back of the kitchen. So if you went to the comedy store, you never actually got to see the comics you were there. And the, the improv, that was so cool. You could be at the bar with all the biggest names working you know, that weekend. And now I think what happened was the comedy store got the bar outside. And yes. then it was people uh, driving by could see. And then it became the hang. It became the cool place to be. And the improv, I think, lost... Uh, some of that. I wonder what made the change in the comedy store over the last six, seven years to get it really back booming it like it like it is again. Is it, you think it's a lineup? I mean, as club uh, well, owners, I think, I think. What do you think? I think as in, f- 
for the comedy store, from what I heard, us being improv guys, there's two ways to look at it. There's a way to look at it as we're owners and operators and we're, I wouldn't say we're improv guys. It's, it's, a, it's a brand that we work with. Yeah. As a fan, I would probably say I'm a comedy store fan. Yeah. And I, and I think with that is I think that they had a booker. You have a lot of personalities between you know, Mitzi getting older and having son, multiple sons and a daughter that are always, to me, constantly going back and forth on what direction the store should go into. They got the right booker, which started out at an improv, at the Tempe Improv, yeah. who's uh, booking it now and bringing in the, the faces that always wanted to go there, but didn't yeah. want to have to deal with the drama. But for me, for me being a fan, like as I said, there's two hats I wear. F on a financial side, yeah, I am an improv. We own improvs. We actually started our own uh, brand, which is Stand Up Live. Doing I, great. I've played a few of them. Which Good is job. great. But I got to tell you, if I was a comic and I wanted to feel the culture, I feel right now the store is just more inviting. And again, not taking anything from the improv. Yeah. I love the improv and I, I want to see it succeed and be part of something bigger. But I think that culture-wise... There's, there's a stories. lot happening. There's a, it's a lot happening. Yeah, I feel, it almost feels like the improv was MySpace and Friendster, and then Comedy Store became like Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram, and it just uh, it developed that. And I think from the bar and the lineups and Rogans and Joey and all surprise these guys. Surprise pop-ins, people yeah. that are popping in. And that's what the improv used to get. But I think the comedy store, again, these, these comics were kind of hidden and they didn't see. They had the original room, they had the main room, they had the belly room. But it wasn't as controlled. Nobody really knew what, what was going to expect up there. And then now with social, right, you're getting those pop-ups. You're building a buzz from the comedy yeah. store and you're seeing, wow. And it's also on Sunset Boulevard. So I think that there's also that mystique being up there on Sunset. Like the Laugh Factory is like that. And when you drive by the Laugh Factory, you would just see the line, but there's nowhere to hang inside in the Laugh Factory. Right. So now the Comedy Store and you got all that, but you know, that's what I loved about Man. the improv back in the, the day was being able to sit at the bar and you're just hanging out having drinks with Jeff Ross, Gaffigan, you know, and Louis C.K. And they're just right. all hanging and they're waiting to go on their sets. When I, when I came out for the first time, I, was, I started at the Miami Improv 20 years ago, never been out to L.A., always was obsessed, that's where I wanted to be. It was a, to me it was a stepping stone and a, and a way in to the industry. Going out to LA for the first time, meeting Bud Friedman, walking in, seeing David Spade up on stage, looking at the mystique, I was, you know, you get blown away. It's almost like drinking, uh, it's drinking the Kool-Aid. And yeah. uh, then becoming friends with guys like you that are comics and just, being blown away of wow that's what you do on a daily basis it's it, it for me it never gets old so you were already at the miami improv before you ever made it to la like you i, I never been to never been to la one of the first people that i met when i went to la was matt Coleman, and he worked at the improv booking office and we can go into the story of how i asked him what he was doing that evening and he said oh i got a i got a party in the hills very busy which very uh busy. which i kind of felt douchey and uh, are we allowed to curse? Yeah, it's a yeah podcast. you do whatever you it's want. Like dude, I felt like a yeah. dick. Yeah, and uh, because I was like, dude, will you hang out with me? And Matt pulled Matt home and pulled a. I got a party in the hills. I'm like, dude, this you is you didn't the let Joel way. go. Hold on, and by party in I the don't hills, like that. That's and by not party like in the hills, uh, it was just me and three dudes going out to a bar, drinking. You know, but at least he could have. I'm not going to tell anybody. But, I'm going to a but, party in the hills. hills. I'm Let the guy busy. be cool. He's coming from Miami. Listen, I'm in Hollywood. Look, I didn't want him to He's think been washing money dope. in Miami for so, nine years. The least listen, you could do is take him to an edgy party in L.A. My <laughs> mentor was washing the money. 
I was actually visually wa watching it and learning how to do it in the future. Did you so, even have a love of stand-up when you were working the Miami Improv? Or oh, was yeah. it straight business for you? Did you for me? It had yeah. nothing to do with business because I got paid nothing, like right. peanuts. So to me, it was I was paid by experience. And the, one of the first comics I have ever worked with was Angel Salazar. Oh shit! Check it out. And, Check it out. And, and I was Scarface. like, oh my god, Check this guy was Chi-Chi from Scarface, and I was like, this is incredible. So you fell in love with the game. Fell in love, and then all of a sudden Bobby Slayton comes in, and I'm like. Dude, he played Joey Bishop in the Rat Pack. I was like, yeah. and then the greatest by far at that time, rest in peace, Richard Janney comes in. Oh, and yeah. I walk in, I walk in, he's in the mirror looking at, touching his hair, going crazy. And I'm just like, I will never, ever, ever walk away from this business. Ever. See, that's, that's what I like about you, Joel. Yeah. You love the business. Love it. You both love the business. I used to do stand-up. I believe I it. You've brag. done nine voices since we sat down. Great it stage presence, <laughs> could not write a joke. Yeah, I absolutely believe it's you. It's like some of the biggest names in, Listen, in comedy I don't, right now. I don't want to brag, but I was in an improv troupe in college. Listen, <laughs> Adam, the booker at the comedy store who used to work for you here in Tempe. Yeah. He's he like didn't work for me. I don't want to like a lot. One no, thing I want to keep it honest. Okay. He worked at the improv before we took it over. Got it. Okay. okay. So I don't, I don't That's where I knew him. That's where I knew him from. Okay. But I'm saying he was one of the only people that I knew that didn't seem like he wanted to be a comedian. Like all of a sudden you'll know someone 12 years from working around the country and you won't even think that like the waitress or the host or that they want to be a comedian. And then all of a sudden, boom, they moved to LA. I'm like, you do comedy? You know what I mean? Like, well, like everybody in the mix. Well, everybody wants. Not, not to brag about the improv, but think of it like. Bette Midler and some of the, the biggest names and some of the biggest names that are agents and managers work the door at the improv. Again, this is more improv history because yeah, I Yeah, no, I love it. it. And it's, it's amazing where you can go. And I'm, in my, how I felt, even though I, I had the perfect opportunity and I was training out in, uh, in Miami, I always wanted to be out in LA. This yep. is just, it's contagious. You're just like, you're, you don't feel like you're part of the industry when you're across the country. Well, that's interesting because you are in the industry. You own multiple improvs and yeah, you, are you going to move to LA or do you have a place there yet? Can I stay? What's going on over there? You know, you got uh, a spot. I, I went out for six months. Um, Matt Coleman, it, it, we can get to that story. How I, uh, I ended up renting an apartment, but since I didn't know anyone, I stayed with him and his fiance at the time and decided to take out the trash one time. He's like, look, Dude, you got to go. You got to go. And then all she of a sudden, his fiance, who no, I, I introduced him, it. who I introduced, Hold I on, actually, if I introduced him, he said, I said, hey, Joel, who's that girl working over here, over there? He said, don't worry about her. I'm firing her tomorrow. So that's his. Robin, uh, that's you his know Robin. Robin. Robin, that's your wife? That's yeah. Wife. Congratulations. That girl. hot of a woman. You married he, up. No, he married like, I mean, not up. Good like for as in like five stories. Right, guys, settle down. Even Katie Myers from Chico Malo's Stand Up Live in Copper Blues drinks Bud Light um, and Tito's that high. Yeah. So Matt I'm Coleman. on there. So she must I, really think you own it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look, we went to the Bahamas. We worked it out. We went on a mancation. We went on a mancation. We on the mancation above. And did you third wheel the mancation or were you did no, you have no, no, Oh, just you two? Me and Joel. And, and then I got caught. I got caught up in the room watching a lifetime special, which I'm happy we're about. We're in the Bahamas. We're in the Bahamas. Ritter. Just for a little uh, getaway, you know? And I'm downstairs gambling, hanging out, having some cocktails. I'm like, Joel, I call him up there on the little phone. I said, Joel, come on, man, let's go down, let's go gambling. He goes, hold on a second, I'll be right down. I'm just finishing up a John Ritter movie on Lifetime. That's why Beloved. I love you. Beloved. That's why I love you, bro. 
he ended up and passing all, away. And then I went upstairs and we watched Coach Carter to follow. Which was, was the night. greatest was movie ever. I Coach think we Carter. should all take a sip of our Bud Light. Is go ahead. Go. I don't Bud drink Light. beer, but I appreciate yeah. it. I love Bud Light. But when he does, but when he does, he drinks Bud Light. And the you know what I drink, bro. Straight tequila. And the greatest thing about Bud Light is drinking it at Cityscape. I wonder Phoenix. if Bud Light's a sponsor. Like to me. I've never heard what? anyone talk this I, much I mean, about Bud Light in my what? life. Shout out to Bud Light. We'll take another 17,000. Wow. Listen, first of all, that wasn't the number. <laughs> Second of all, we are in City Place right now. Do you realize like we are in... We're in downtown Cityscape. Phoenix. Cityscape. 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 Yeah. City Place is in Palm Beach. Cityscape's Cityscape. right here in Phoenix. I downtown City Phoenix. Place on my mind. It's a little problematic. So we're in Cityscape right now. Do yeah. you realize that's where you are? Will you stop promoting the real estate, bro? We know Let's where we are. talk comedy, Mike Young. If anyone's so. listening right now, yeah, get on down. Phoenix, downtown, <laughs> get on all down. things comedy. There's going to be a, there's a festival. It's happening. Leave work. Sounds call like a your car family. commercial. Get on down. Yeah, uh, come on City's down. Cityscape Phoenix. I can see the... Joel. Joel's just gazing off about to start a promotional spot. Listen, we've known each other a long time. I don't understand I gotta, why I gotta, let me say we're mocking Cityscape right no, now. No, we're not. It's a great area. By the way, we have a fountain in front way, of our club. Because of you guys, this whole area started to boom. When, the, when you first came in here, nobody this shit wanted was to weird. Come. Yeah, no, the, the, you know the, I mean? the revitalization of downtown Phoenix did, and comedy clubs, uh, they like comedy clubs because they're destination sites, right? So you yeah. know, people are driving from 20, 30, 40 minutes away. So what was cool is we really were one of the first tenants down here. Oh, it was obvious. Uh, and, yeah, it was you know, a the, little spooky. Your entire staff uh, was homeless. <laughs> wasn't can you, can, Matt, can you tell them about the uh, Tom Cruise run? Matt can run better than... 2011. Okay. I'm in Phoenix. We're opening the first weekend. First weekend. Very emotional, by the way. You know what I mean? When, you, when you open up a comedy club, like, no shit. Like, you cry, and it's just, it is a lot to handle. Wah. So I go to pick up Joe Coy. It's the first night we open, and I text my wife, like, you know what? This has been crazy. You've been traveling a lot. You big know, day. Big day. Everything's Huge. great. His I first love big you. investment. And I mean, I, man, terrified. I hit send, and I sent it right to Joe Coy. <laughs> right to him. So I pick him up, but at the end of the night, it's downtown Phoenix, and you know it's like three in the morning. I got to get home the next morning, and I pull the Tom Cruise like running through downtown Phoenix, down right from the club, like half a mile away to, to the hotel. And it was like three in the morning. The sunset was coming up. I wished like there was like bed bed level music behind me. Yeah, and, uh, well, we could play it. It was it was it was uh, it was my moment. But opening uh, opening the club, it's uh, it is a crazy experience, and uh, but it is really cool because you forget about it, and 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 with all the bullshit that you do during the week and for comedy in general what's cool is when you finally go to a show and i need to go out more but when i do and i go see comedy i go that's why i do it but it, it's it's really tough to remember that sometimes and you can't lose sight of that because it is such an amazing experience to see and i like actually like to watch the crowd as, as opposed to the comics sometimes too and when you get that electric room there's really nothing like it and you it's know, the you know introduction anybody, obviously, it's the introduction when, there's nothing better than when you have a headliner about to go up and the MC introduces him or her and the crowd, the stimulation, to this day, I still get chills. Like okay. still, like okay. it's, it's, so let me ask you this, since ask, you're leading right into it. I'm leading. So there's, there's monsters out there, headliners, big names. Mm -hmm. Now, as an owner and as a businessman, you got to make money. You got to make, you got to pay rent. You got to do your thing. So is it a difficult thing for you sometimes to have to maybe follow a trend because somebody's popular and you have to put them on and they're not a great comedian or a great act or they got a We're truth. not going to say names. No, no, I don't want, no, no, I don't want names. Say this, I'm saying, say I'm say saying <coughs> it's got to weigh heavy on your head because you're battling yourself. Well, so. here's the difference. When, 
it's all subjective, right? Comedy on some level, right? And I'm not even ta- I'm not even talking about just comedians. I'm saying you might there might be some like you know whatever. no. What you're basically some saying goofball is that shit that's on TV there. that's huge, but it's but, really yeah. whack. But, but you have to fill the seats. But not exactly. only that, their fans love it. So to us, it may seem terrible and it may seem crazy, but you're still gonna get whoever's buying a ticket. They'll love it. You and I might look at each other and go, "What the fuck was that?" That's a good point. But so you're so because comedy's become so niche, right? And 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 comedy's so specific now. Like it used to be the brand, right? You would go out, you would buy that night out of comedy. The experience. And it would be the biggest c- comics, and you just re- really wouldn't care who's there. Nowadays, you're you're buying that comic that you love that you don't want to miss. Yeah. So Wait. these these YouTubers or these other you know shows that you're talking about, and you know we we know exactly what they are. Those YouTube fans, those. 15-year-olds or 17-year-olds when you do a 13-plus show. We did a show one time. Miranda Sings. They're walking away going... Like the Beatles. Yeah, man. It was like uh, um, One Direction. They go, man. That, like, they literally... like That was their One Direction. That was amazing yeah. the way I they just to, like, interrupt. I, I, I don't want to interrupt, but he went One Direction. And did you notice I went Beatles? No, that's like, what they said. No, like, the kids... It was like a whole different, know. like... I will walk How right off this podcast. Same age range, too, which is weird. You guys weird, are the same age. But with that being that's said... With that being said... It's not being able to at this point, and I think with podcasts, and I think with like um, with groups like All Things Comedy, and that's not a plug, but I didn't say All Things Comedy with Tito's at Cityscape. Um, that would be a plug. <laughs> what I'm fuck. saying is, and it's not that I'm getting paid, is the fact that at this point <laughs> you can't. I mean, if you guys are gonna talk yeah, shit, yeah, go ahead, go I think I'm right here. Go ahead. The problem is you can't book funny right now all the time because funny doesn't pay the bills and as a club owner that has passion that really wants to build the experience of a night that we should be able to book people that aren't the names that are just funny they come out they have great meal they have great drinks but more important they have a great show that takes them away from that whatever is going on in their lives for that hour and a half that takes them to another place yeah unfortunately people want to see some of these names that you're like wow we really have to jump through hoops and and fight the fight and we don't want to get into the whole agency and putting out offers and the way we get treated on the comedy club side when there's there's thousands of comics out there that you know just would work the road for 52 weeks yeah and and that are so funny that I feel sometimes that these fans are robbed because they don't know yeah like like I mean I, again it's it's very hard for me to just throw out and to just throw out a name but there's just names out there in comics which you can throw out that you know might not sell a ticket but I swear to God are funnier than some of the biggest names I mean yeah. there is other like Chris me Robert. Like Mike Young, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at Cityscape see, with Bud Light and Tito's. I'm five movies in. I can't get a headlining gig. Who do right. I have to call? You just um, have to sell tickets. I can't see, sell and a that's ticket. That's the problem. Has anyone heard of me? And that's what you so are doing. A podcast. What, what's crazy? A How did you get a podcast? If you it's unbelievable. What is this? I don't no, know, man. I, I gotta call. I gotta call my agent. Seriously, I don't. I, I, I gotta is, call my agent. But I don't that even have is one. a. That's what's incredible. You are to me one of the funniest i appreciate that and but you do i'm still on the fence you do spend a lot of time doing movies writing directing producing on the road so you're not helping yourself on the comedy club side brand and we were gonna i did want to talk to you off 
line about it. Well, this worked but out this first. Let's talk it up, bro, because I need is, to be headlining like a motherfucker. I, but you're the only I got one. An hour. I can headline like a motherfucker. No, wait. I, you tell I me. Can give name, me the space. Listen to me. I can name five of your best friends that work the road every week. Yeah, totally. You don't. No. You take off. You go do your movies. You write. You direct. And then you call up and like, hey, man, I want a headline. No, no one knows that you're behind. First of all, I have not you're, bothered you in no, a long no, but time not, about No, that. but not in a, in a negative way. But the fact is, is you're, you're doing something else that's behind the scenes. Yeah. It's like you walking behind this up and repeating going, hi, I'm Mike Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, no, your, no, that's your straight you know I mean? line to what you want to do, right? I mean, ultimately, you're spending the time on what you want to do. A lot of these guys, I mean, I can't imagine. No, the weird thing is, I love comedy as much as I love directing. I love writing as much as I love stand-up. But, but I don't have a favorite thing. Writing just and directing isn't in the front. Totally. It's I get it. behind. And that's I the, get it. That's the, like Bert and Sebastian and all your boys. They're which, all by the way, comedy. With all comedy 24-7. You're making movies, which is pretty, which is pretty incredible too. Yeah, I'm so you can't quit. dismiss what you're doing. It's that not being on the road, like, like if if I said to totally a person, putting in that work, yeah, right. that's it. Stand up work, and that's it. Well, and living in front of the and living in front of the camera the instead four, of behind. Like, that's no. tough, man. You gotta be, you know, well, these no, guys are on the road forty weeks a year. You're, for you're 10, a thousand. Years. You're a thousand percent correct. And when I when I did my first movie, I said to myself, every night I'm gonna be, be on stage. Every day I'm gonna work, you know, I'll be on set. I was so exhausted, I did not get on stage one time in four months, and that's when I realized, okay, these are two different things, and there is no way I'm gonna be a big time comedian unless I go back to dedicating and being in front of the camera. Yeah, being in front of the camera. Like, put myself or in you, my freaking movie. Or you won't be a great director did. if you don't concentrate on that, too. So it's like if you split the time, then it's like, you know, and, right. and it becomes what do you love the most? And it's, again, it's that straight line. Like, I was in Hollywood for 13 years, and I didn't know exactly. I, I wanted to work in comedy. Like, yeah. growing up, like, watching Def Comedy Jam, and, like, I knew I wanted to work in comedy. But I did a lot of lateral moves. I didn't know what that end game was. My buddy who was an agent he went to the agency went icm now he's a partner there 17 years because you know he knew that straight line and i'm still kind of the same thing doing that lateral move and then you ultimately find a place but you waste a lot of time on some level figuring out what you don't want to do but in your case too it's like okay if you wanted to be a stand-up maybe it's right finding that that vehicle on the movie side things is going to help you sell tickets because look at the end of the day Great it's all point. about it's Put all about myself in it's all about se selling tickets. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, with, with any, at the box office, whether it's a movie, it's all about selling tickets. Yep. Um, but I do believe, I do believe where comedy is going and with podcasts, it is helping yeah. sell tickets to where if you're not on a sitcom, because at the end of the day too, Maddie and I talk about it all the time because I watch all these sitcoms and I watch all the reality shows from America's Got Talent. We won't talk about any of the bookings that I made Maddie uh, send offers for, but <laughs> Actually, sometimes Voldemort. those, even the sitcoms don't help, but the podcast do. Yeah. And it's a voice. So yeah. sometimes it's not just a visual thing. It's, look at like Rogan. I mean, yeah, of course, UFC monster. Is, is monster. But look at his podcast. Look at Segura. Look at, I mean. Joe Rogan, first person to bring me to the improv, to your, to your spot. Years ago. Years I ago. Mean, 15 years ago. Joe had me open. Who was a him. monster then as a comic, but it was like he was from news radio, but it was We were he was building. I was watching him build. It was incredible. You know, it and was he, so cool to watch at that moment. I remember he tried to shoot a special. I think it was was it here? Or uh, or, or it, Tem it, was it, it was a Tempe. Tempe. It was Tempe. Tempe. And the audio 
messed up. I don't know if you remember that, but like the audio on like his first, what was going to be his special, and everybody went crazy. Managers were flying in. It's the worst, man. The fucking it audio the fucked up on his yeah. special, and I'll never forget that. But then I don't know if you saw recently, if you went on to Netflix, Rogan Live, for some weird reason, it was like from that moment, it was like from, it, like the recording was from like then, and I was on his poster. The poster on Netflix is Joe Rogan and me. Not my name, just me next to him. So somebody either like awesomely photoshopped me into Which Rogan on Netflix. I have no idea. Literally, it's like a mystery. I don't know how it, how, I don't know where it came from. I got it on my, I took a picture on my phone. I don't know. I thought maybe like someone at Netflix because my movie was on was like trying to pull a smooth move and like just put me on. But anyway, Rogan took me to the improv. You were the first, you guys were the first people to book the Young American Comedy Tour. Which was insane. I mean. Insane. Thank you. Just <laughs> insane. A, just another Jew and, trying and, to get and, a job. And bro. in Tempe. Fucking just trying to make shit happen Tempe, on the porch. And in Tempe at the time, I was, uh, it was before Maddie and I even came to Arizona and we even built Stand Up Live, which turned into us buying the Tempe Improv. I remember I was working at the Improv Booking Office. I was working. I I was a an owner investor and operator in South Florida, but I was wanting to learn the business so bad that I was taking red eyes and flying across the country to work in the Improv Booking Office. And I'll never forget Dan Merck, rest in rest peace. Rest in peace, Dan. Merck. Rest in peace. I mean, I would pour a beer, but I'm not going to waste it. Yeah. And nah, I didn't love Dan, but look, not everyone that dies you have to love. I mean, that's a, let's that's not get into that. Keep all right, talking. So, about that. All right, so. <laughs> All of a sudden, I mean, like, I don't want to jinx myself. Um, all of a sudden, young Americans come in and sell out every show. And I mean, not like sell out, like as in give away every show to where it looks like a sell What do you think it was in all like, I it was like I know what it was. Let me just pat myself on the back. <laughs> well, let me, let me do it. I, let this me is do exactly, it for you. This is what exactly what happened. This, this was pre-social media. This was no what, social media. What year was this? 10 yeah. years ago? 2006. Nine years ago? So YouTube came out like 2004. 2005. No social media. No, right. no, there was no followers. Too. Nothing. Right. No. What it was was this. I heard, this is how my brain was working back then. I Somebody was like, the kings of comedy with all those big names, Bernie Mac, they made $16 million, somebody kept saying. Like, they made millions on the road. So one night, I'm on the patio of the comedy store. I swear to God. And I, have a, I look out and like, we just, I see me, it's me. I'm talking to Sebastian, I see Brett Ernst, I see Tony Rock, Kreischer's hammered, shirtless in a corner, and I have, wait, a, what? And I, and I have this epiphany. And I, I, I go, wait a minute, if they made 16 million, I'm like, we gotta be worth at least like two million. Like, we're not not funny. We're, I love we're that like, you went in the millions. I would've been like, we're worth million. a couple of grand. No, no, because I thought to myself, <laughs> we're like really, really, really funny, but really unknown. But like not way less funny. We're not 16 million less funny. That was where my, so I was like, I'm gonna make up a tour. And I fucking went home and I just made up the Young American Comedy Tour and everyone was like, even Butch, like, Bradley. Young. Butch, Butch Bradley, Bradley was on it. Tony Rock, Rock was on it. Yep. Bobby Lee was well, you, on it. You kept switching I, them out. I, I, I switched them out. The brand, you're selling the brand. You can, you can book whoever you want. It was surreal, it was Yo, surreal. That's what it was back It was in the a day. moment. So I went in. It was a great moment. Thank you. It was, was a, a beautiful and, and thank you for booking us and making it cool. No, but then all of a sudden the improv, which they tend to do, hopped on the bandwagon. I end up saying, well, they killed it in, uh, they killed it in Phoenix, in Tempe. I was like, let's bring them into the My Club in South Florida. Yeah. 
I ended up booking it there. Yep. You guys had great relationships with all the radio stations, and we knocked it out of the park. I mean, it was... It was the most fun thing ever, and it should have gone on for five years, but when I tell you that I did it my, on my own and had but no guidance... you did it again. Oh, I want to write a movie. No, 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 no. no. It wasn't anything about that. I had a sit-down. I'm just going to be real with you. They brought me into the headquarters Who's of that? the improv. At levity at or levity. triage or whatever, so whatever I, it was at that time. No, po I'm, power entertainment. No, no, it was after that. I was after. It was at LEG. I got levity. This is really? my first gangster sit down. So I got sat down. Gangster. I got sat down at levity or whatever they were called then. Same office, so I think same Hughes Park Park Hughes Parkway, whatever it is. I go in. Hartman sitting there. Judy. There's like a bunch of people around the table. And Hartman gives me like this, and they had booked us like 21 shows already. Where it was going great, but all of a sudden I was noticing like they were like it was like tapering off a little bit. So I was like, "What is going on? Like, why are we not getting bigger? Why are the doors closing when that we should be opening?" And Hartman was like, "Do you own the Young American Comedy Tour?" I was like, "Yeah, I own it. I pay to re-up it. I've fucking spent thousands on." photo you know doing photo shoots and all kinds of crazy shit and he's like okay and he was like you know would you want a partner would you think about partnering i was like yeah i oh i didn't even know what that meant <laughs> i'm just putting this God. out there i know what matt coleman's thinking right no, now no no i literally oh, did I not do. know what he meant when he said that it was like some subtle shit i was not a businessman per se i really did not i should have had a lawyer with me <laughs> <laughs> and I must have probably said like I'm not gonna say I must have said something like I'm not looking for partners or some weird shit like that and then something bef that you before know. yeah before I knew it we were like we had to go find like little tiny like 500 seat theaters to go do because the improv like stopped booking us and I was paying this this is this is I, I was flying by the seat of my pants for real so like you I didn't know anything about offers you gave me offers. I just accepted them. They weren't bad. <laughs> I they didn't know bad. about bonuses. I just looked at the money and I was like, well, I'll just bad. pay myself this and then split the rest with the guys. What I realized later was I was overpaying my guys because when Kreischer and like, and even Brett, when they started headlining on their own, I, they were making like 300 less on their own than yeah. with the tour. So I basically... I learned a lot, by the way. Well, there was another Anybody thing, too. Anybody wants to hire me as a tour manager, creative, whatever, I'll fucking run your company. Well, no, there was another nope, thing, too. I didn't know what was happening. By Explain going to in, me. Why are well, we not the biggest tour on planet Earth? Well, the other thing, too, Matt, is that... Do you know well, anything? I, I definitely know something. The fact that you went in there, and I... Nobody they also had the opportunity. They also had the opportunity to cherry pick and say, okay, we could sign and make more money individually with a Sebastian or with a Burr Kreischer, and they just looked at your roster. You basically brought them a roster. So basically, they I owe mean, me $7 again, million. Opinion, dollars. I would probably <laughs> say a little more. I brought I mean, them a roster. You're a great talent scout. Yeah. And that's all That's what you should do. I picked a, t a team. Movies, talent scout, done. Done. My production company. And done. I could pick a softball team. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> they, they were all on my <laughs> softball team. Our team was That's me. That's a great reality show. You should have sold that as a reality show. Meanwhile, Fox. Steve Byrne was on the tour. It was Byrne, Kreischer, Bobby, Sebastian. It got yeah. so fun. Cherry pick. It cherry got so pick, much fun that Rogan pick. came back. Joe Rogan came to me. He's like, dude, I'll do it. Russell Peters was like, yo, bro. He was already huge. He's like, what are you doing? I, I want to do it. I'm like, I don't even know how to talk to you about your contract. Like, do don't you do stadiums? Like, where are we going? 
It'll be the Russell Peters Presents the Young American <sighs> Comedy Tour. And I was Joel, young. I, hand, I was young. I, I was handed young. you it's that. It's my fault. It's my fault. Well, it's, I could have. You can re-up Engage Tony Rock still And in. then I would have had Matt do all the work And Katie And uh, it would have been perfect I mean It was just It was a d- It was a great moment in time And we had so much fun And I can just tell you One fun story that kicked off Is when we We had to do photo shoots Because like We had no pictures No I, I remember your headshots So we had, we, had, we had headshots But I was in a basketball league You know this With DiCaprio yeah. And Tobey Maguire And everything So I called right, By the way He is not name dropping Because as a Fan of actors and i am that guy he did hang out with those guys like those are his bros like dicaprio yeah those they're, mcguire they're my boys and then mike young i mean and mike young who no boys? one knows what's that you guys still talk yeah yeah we talk we'll be at the club on saturday night bro snoop's <laughs> snoop's dj I'll, I'll hook you but yeah up. we're here you want to have some real hollywood fun joel Start booking the young american tour no bro. i, I I'll get fix it your you know social what? life on a planet i'll you tell you what, what <laughs> let's bring it back Let's Seriously. do it. We'll, we'll, who's going to? We'll, 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 Tony we'll Rock is in. Me, I, Brett's in. One hundred percent. It's getting very expensive. It's getting very expensive. No, no. I'll cut everyone's money down. All, All I right, gotta do is have a talk. We're in. I told him, him that he should look for the younger comics and redo it and do a part two. You know what? I've done that, Joel. But you know what's so interesting? It is not easy to find good young that, that comics, man. Because everybody at that time, even though we were younger. They were still banging. Like yeah. everyone was banging. So I wouldn't want to like let the brand suffer. But if I you s- if you said to me, yo, there's some young comics that can destroy rooms Absolutely. Th- with different styles, because that was what it was, was I was blue collar, Butch was Irish crazy, Tony was smooth, Sebastian was Italian. We had like, you know, everybody had a different Brad style. Brad Ernst was Brad Ernst. Brad Ernst was, ar- <laughs> he was an argumentative <laughs> Italian. Was he doing the roller skating bit? Greatest yes, bit he ever was on planet. Killing the roller skating bit, crushing it everywhere. Dude, that show was real. Hollywood, it was insane. Yo, the funniest shit was is that babysit. I, I became a babysitter for comedian. Like getting them to radio was very difficult. Oh, trust us, we know. And you know, so try getting four dudes to radio. And try. I remember Paul was like, "This is is funny thing." And uh, I just remember getting a call that you know, like Paul loved you, like Paul and Ron. Paul loved Mike. Love Brett. Yeah, we had a And then all of a sudden goes, you know, if it's all right if you don't bring Sebastian back. Totally. He like, asked us not to, God. to bring him. Yeah, it goes, don't bring because Sebastian sat in the corner and he's like, look, man. And now he just begs. And now he begs. Now he begs. He's yeah. like, Yeah, you know, Sebastian's coming in concert. And I'm like, not shot. Not, not forget about well, it. Well the fun that's the irony of Sebastian. That's what's so that's what's so great because Sebastian <laughs> sat back. Because if you're in a room with Brett, it's on. It's and I grew on. up with Brett. Like, I mean it's it's a thing. He's never changed, correct? Yeah, no. He was he has loud his, then. He has his Adidas shell tops on, and he's ready to rumble at all times. His headshot was him in a sweatsuit. It's still the same headshot. Right, this, he's the 21 Adidas, years old in an Adidas, Adidas sweatsuit. He's the fourth member of Run DMC. I wonder if I could pull off a sweatsuit. Yeah. You could totally pull off a sweatsuit. Yeah. I have multiple sweatsuits. Clearly. Yeah. I've I look like a little person in You can even pull off like juicy on your butt sweatsuit. Uh, thanks, Matt. You're welcome, I take that buddy. as a compliment. It was a compliment. You're good at with a hoodie, though. Matt looks good with a hoodie on. I like focus. It's like a horse with blinders. Where are you from, Matt? I uh, grew up in St. Louis. Were you, a f- were you doing open mics in St. Louis? No, I just, I, I literally had such a fascination with comedy growing up, uh, watching Def Comedy Jam and A&E Evening at the Improv. And like, I, that's what I wanted more than anything was to be a comic. That's awesome. And went to school at Indiana and, uh, you know, tried stand-up. I was in the Up All Night Gilbert Gottfried, Rhonda Shearer. Rhonda Shearer. Uh, USA I Up remember. All Night, like, like, talent competition. This is so terrible. 
my buddy convinced me to wear a shirt that said I'm shy in really big letters, but it says, but I got a really big dick. <laughs> and like, I thought that was like, okay. Like I was like, hey judge, look at this. And uh, I did impressions and it was terrible and uh, How long after did you know you were not going to go into comedy, but you'd be on the business side? How long, well, you know, how, so, so well, I, how long was the struggle? Then I did the, uh, the improv troupe in college and we played like every Friday night to pack the rooms. I was terrible at it, couldn't find the game, whatever the fuck they call it. Game. I was like- I wasn't good at improv. Yeah, it was either. terrible. I would just get drunk and like go and just, you know, have fun. And uh, I moved out, did the classic cliche, me and a buddy moved to LA, drove the car out and everything. And then uh, I worked for HBO at the US Comedy Arts Festival. And that's when it kind of like transition of like, okay. I'm going in the business. Yeah, like well, I'm didn't not. Didn't you see like a, like a, found like a tape of Tina Fey or something like that? Yeah, well, like we were. you were the, rumbling through like Literally, a box. we found Tina Fey and Seth Meyers. Uh, Seth was doing a show called Pickups and Hiccups. This was on VHS tapes. I don't want to date myself. Damn. Uh, Tina Fey was doing Dratch and Fey out of Second City in Chicago. And at the time, we're getting VHS tapes. Like, there's no MySpace. There's like no, you can't send a link. Yeah. Um, but that was it, man. And I was a talent scout basically, and I was out five, seven nights a week at the clubs in LA. And then when I started booking Melrose, I was in my mid 20s. I was eating and drinking for free. And I just hung out there Monday through, you know, Saturday. I'd, I'd go home at 107. I'd, I'd wake, I'd, I'd have my VHS, uh, you know, 24 episode I'd watch. I'd roll in at 1007. And this, it was Jeff Ross and, and, and Chelsea and Louis C.K. and Gaffigan, Benson, Sarah Silverman, Craig Robbins. I mean, those were just the weekend lineups and you couldn't get anybody there to buy a ticket. So I started doing bringer shows and shit like that just so I could get crowds. And comedy like, juice. He actually yeah, brought, brought comedy I juice. I saw the line of, uh, Oh, you did? I saw the line out the door of Laugh Factory every Wednesday or whatever and uh, I knew um, Glebe and I started talking to those guys. I'm like, what are you doing? So I, I brought it over. Uh, and uh, it was National Lampoon at the time. Yep. And we turned over, but I mean, that was just like the dream. I, as a comedy fan, like yeah. doing that, and it was the greatest time of my life. Isn't it funny how the comedy community, the comedy fraternity, it's like you get addicted to the life. Like, that's why you see, like, on Sunday, Larry David came to the comedy store. I got saw up that. On Adam Ray yeah. posted a video of it. and the Yeah, you can't get it out of your bones. No, it's like... So I don't even care if it's, like, takes another four or five years for me to, like, be a headlining comedian while I'm doing movies. Uh, I don't even care. Look at Louis Black. Look at, look at Louis. There's how many comics, yeah. like, hit way later yeah. in their career. It's a marathon, it's, man. It's a grind. Look at Bert. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kreischer and I, yo, we, even before Young American Tour, Kreischer, I did some fun shows with Kreischer. He took me to like some club in Chicago where the guy only paid cash. And like afterwards, you were like going to some after party with like a pit bull and a gang member. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Kreischer was like awesomely naive, but I was kind of had like a street thing going. Like I already knew where we, we were in a trouble spot. But Kreischer and I had a lot, a lot of fun times. Can you confirm the the Kreischer Tracy Morgan story or that the Jay Moore tells? Is that did you know what you're I don't know. I don't know that story. No, I don't know. All that I know goes is back I'm, and forth. All yeah, I know is I'm that like, goes back and forth. What is it? He influenced him to take his shirt off? Is no, it a, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's it's a, a shirt thing? thing? A lot, like, uh, some comedy drama. There's always a little drama. You always hear, like on the outside looking in, you hear these kind of like stories. You're like, what's real, what's not? Yo, you know what's funny? I've never, knock on wood, I've never had comedy beef. I've never had beef with another comedian. I've never... I, well, where does it come from? It, it comes from obviously stealing material. I mean, that whole thing with... with but where would comedy beef come from? Jealousy, egos. People like are so what, sit back and like... The best thing, the best thing I ever heard, not ever heard, but like one of the best things I got off that documentary with Dre and Jimmy Iovine. Did you watch it? Amazing. So good. So if, if I only so saw an Eminem episode, which oh. 
So Unbelievable. I, so Iovine basically says when racehorses race, they put blinders on right here so they can't see Call what back. this guy's doing and this guy's doing, this horse is doing. And that's how you got to go about your whole career. So, like, jealousy to me has never been a thing. I've never had a jealous – I've really never been energy. jealous because I don't look – you can't look at what's going on here or here. you got to be in your lane and crush your lane. I feel like so we're like I that. So I never had I beef. You, yeah, I think you've been like that in your career, and I think – It just helps. It's like why even – the only beef I've had is when I'm, you know – when I'm getting sucker punched outside of a club. Oh, we don't need to bring that up. But what's Joel the, was what's there. What's the time? I felt Drama. bad. Yeah, I felt bad for you. In. 40 yeah. minutes in. I did. I felt bad for you that weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean? But listen, you know what's interesting? It's a story I've told before, but yeah, I got I got beat up after a, a show somewhere. But um, I mean, it, you were hitting on the guy's girlfriend. Not it was true, more Joel. Can I ask you a question? Joel, what was no, your no, 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 no. I'm not saying you deserved it. I'm no, just no, saying no, 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 no. Like, that what was your line? To the story. Yes, I'll but, be the girl. But, but, I'll be the girl. Yo, but for you to even think that that's what it was, you you were no, so way off. Guys, I'm just guys, kinda, this is turning. This is turning. No, no, we're gonna I'm, keep it good. <laughs> no, because what happened? Not only was I not hitting on the girl, I didn't know the girl. No, no, she sat next to me in a club in the club next door, and she was rubbing my arm. I just thought to myself, life is great. She's on ecstasy probably i got sucker punched by a stalker it wasn't even her boy. oh but she wasn't in the sh they were in the show though she was in the show she was in the he show wasn't in yeah the show. But she was in the show getting googly eyed googly eyed when you were up there and it kind of started not she, on your side no, she came to me and to, she came to us and said yo you guys want to go next door for a drink my friend owns the place or whatever we went over there i'm sitting in a booth with the fellas and she's rubbing my arm and out of nowhere bam i just got punched in just the like, face seriously out yeah. of nowhere it and it bad. turned out he was a pri pri he had prior convictions yeah. abusive didn't he go to jail or i yeah i put him in jail she wouldn't come up with the name right away. She was of like, course. her acting was so bad. She was like, oh my God, what just happened? I'm That's like, they you know who the fuck that was. And so I got his name. I got his number, blah, blah, blah. Got him arrested. Night, I was packed months later, ready to go to trial. I was flying to Miami. I was coming out there. My shit was packed, ready to go. I get a call from his lawyer. He wants to make a deal. He doesn't want to go. He's, he's afraid he's going to jail. So I thought to myself, South Florida is wild. You never know. There is a chance he wouldn't go to jail. So I wanted to just take his money. Yeah. And so I basically came up with a number that was just triple what I wanted. I sent it back to his lawyer. He accepted it. And every month, I got a, every week, I got a check from the Department of Corrections in Florida. To gar I garnished his wages. They had to refinance his house. It was like a residual I buried for his family. a movie you did. But no, that's great. <laughs> By the way, high residual. <laughs> no, but that's... I he deserved injured it. on set. It was a very bad moment. But that's that's it was Young that Americans. Yeah, but that's, that a, that's a problem with like comics. Because what happens is these girls and fans, they come in and they, dangerous. they look up. It's and dangerous they, game, I if, if the comic looks their way, it automatically is, oh my God, this... They're into me. It's it, it's a thing. Like there's a lot of girls like that, you know, come to these shows and that are waiting outside, and they they have false hope. And you're like, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, it's a different thing. Snaking them out in the back, but I mean, how no. amazing is it? I mean, to look up at a person that close to you, that's on X, Y, and Z TV show, that you're like right there. That's what's so great about stand-up comedy. Is you're standing, you're sitting, 10, 20 feet from. A name. That's like why you gotta go to comedy clubs, no comedy theaters. Yeah. Play a comedy club. As owners, that can't be the only story you've seen or heard. Like, you've seen oh, no, uh, there's 50 been, of those things. Like, situations. Like yeah, I had one in uh, Oxnard with with John Lovitz. He 
he was in the crowd. Somebody like yelled out, and he's like, "Shut up, you effing cunt!" And after the Joel, show, we can curse. We can't say that. Yeah, you can say everything. Effing. Uh, <laughs> See what I got there? That was an applause break. <laughs> I mean, that's hard Coleman's to follow. making a Write comeback. Write it down. Write it down. making a comeback. 45 minutes in, Coleman I, gets a applause I, break. So, yeah, he calls him that. Well, now it's like hard to follow. No, that. go ahead. Now it's like boring. <laughs> no, what happened? I want to do the, yo, did some bikers wait <laughs> no, for him dude, after? Yeah, I mean, it was like a thing. Like, they went over. There's a bar called Copper Blues, which there's one in Phoenix in Cityscape, Bud Light, and uh, Tito's. And uh, <laughs> love it. I guess the guy, big biker, did, did you hear the story? Because no, I didn't know he was a biker. Because that's where they live in Oxnard. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I was just big biker, dude. And basically waited. We bring John Lovitz out. The guy goes after him, goes to try to punch him and beat him up. We had to like grab Lovitz. And it was like a thing because he's like, dude, I'm not letting you call my wife a fucking C Con. word. Uh, Con. Holy. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's women present. I don't need just to throw. So there's a there's a so there's a book called I Killed. I don't know if you've read the book. So it's about the old school comedians going. Not even old school. Tim Allen, Seinfeld, mm -hmm. uh, Dom is in it. A bunch of those guys are in the book. And so that book is all about their road stories. So when I read the book, I realized, okay, I'm not the only person this has happened to. Like oh, Seinfeld course. offended a mobster in Jersey. He had to go to a sit down. You know what I mean? Tim Allen got like accosted somewhere before his, you know, cocaine charge and jail time, you know, but he, even before that, he had gotten like beat up somewhere like on the road. So the Dude, one thing was the biggest, we had one of the biggest brawls ever in comedy history. We don't talk about it. Can we talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. No, I want to talk I about know it. Do we have it. time? Yeah, we got time. We got 14 <laughs> more minutes. We got 14 minutes. Do All we? right. I just made well, there's going to be, <laughs> do we really have 14 minutes? Yeah, we're good. We have three? No, no, we're good. Do, right. all, do we? So I like Mike. Mike's running the light. No, he said we're running the light. No, yeah. this is this is like a crazy story. So we have Mike Apps at sold out show at Stand Up Live right next to Copper Blues over uh, Chico Malo. Um, it's, 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 it's what I do in Cityscape. So um, all of a sudden, Bud Tito's. Back to you, Joel. <laughs> I can't. Go ahead. Like you got Mike Apps. So Mike Apps. So. There's a, uh, a couple sitting up front, big fan, of course, Mike Epps ticket price isn't cheap. They spend a good amount of money. They come out, Mike Epps has an entourage locally because he has local entourages everywhere he goes. Meaning the, like he hires some gangsters to protect no, no, him. Like, no, just bros. Like okay. just, hey man, I'm friends with Mike Epps. I go right to gangster. Yeah, I mean, pretty much gangster. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's Mike Epps is going back and forth with a guy. All of a sudden, our door, because we have a door that leads to the stage, one of these gangsters opens up the door and it's like basically, uh, am I correct? Like pointing at the guy going, I'm gonna fuck you up. It was heckling. I mean, it's, it's your typical comedy comes to no, this but shit this that happens, right? No, but did it just start out as a basic heckle? Yes. Yeah, a basic going back for And I wasn't Epps, there, you, you know, you're hearing Epps the story. Epps wasn't, but. you know, like, Epps, Epps wasn't care? tripping. No, like he didn't give a shit, but these guys did. Then all of a sudden, they leave the, sh they leave the green room they walk around into the exit, into the entrance of the comedy club where it's half in, half out, and is pointing to the guy going, I'm gonna fuck you up. So the guy's a big, a diesel guy, uh, tries to get up, we're like, look, I just take a seat. All of a sudden, as the lights are about to go up. The After guy, the show? He got Mike yeah. Young sucker punched. I, not more than that. A whole fight breaks out. Tables, chairs. Terrible. I mean, there had to be, 30 people fighting, like fist fighting throughout the club. Holy shit. So like, Epps' crew versus the heckler's crew? 
Like, no, it's just I don't even I, think he had a girlfriend. Yeah. The best part was and that I turned my phone off, so I was at silent, so I didn't get those text messages at two, three, and four, and five no in the morning but, saying, "Hey, pick up." There's been a big fight. No, but there. That listen, was the best part about this. That is what's fight. crazy, the the guy, and it, it's so sad. It's terrible, ends up man. getting it's terrible. The shit kicked out of him. I mean, they were kicking him to sleep. All of a sudden, my bartender, that's a girl. All these guy uh, servers, they're all around. They're scattering. Our female bartender jumps into the fight, starts punching, grabbing people to get off this guy to drag him in. But this guy is just busted up. Damn. No, and this, no I, I mean, like, it's not like this isn't, I mean, this is definitely not it's all things my, comedy. It's my worst. No, it's, it's like no. my worst. Like, when you spend all that time and energy to have stuff like that happen, because you, you hope nowadays there's no safe environment. Like, for some reason with comedy clubs, too, they have, they become less safe because now everything's captured, right? Everything that happens within that club, whether it's material or whatever, it used to be that safe place where you could go and as a comic and, you know, work it out. And so now it's just, it literally, like, makes you want to quit because when something like that happens. I mean, well, it's literally the worst thing And then you ever. don't get support of the people that you're supposed to. And then when you talk to Mike, like, I, you know, I've known Mike forever and I'm talking to his road manager and they're like, we don't know those guys. And we're like, they were inside your green room. You were hanging out with them. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And then on top of it, you have real fans that paid great money to see Mike. And do you blame Mike? Or do you blame his entourage? Mike, Mike didn't turn around and go, go get him. No. You know, so it's like you can't really. 100% yeah, it's you blame like you don't wanna, the entourage. Yeah, you want to blame the entourage. It's, Either it's, way, it sucks. There's a lot of things that probably happen that you, you know, you look back, it's, it's like anything. You look back, you're like, how do you prevent it? But it's it, those things in comedy, it's like, you know, it's 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 those those nights and, and people coming out. So, uh, but shit like that happens, whether it's heckling. I mean, you saw that there was that uh, video of the guy it's that famous video where the guy, uh, he's a guitar comic, and somebody is running up at the stage and he takes the guitar and hits him over the head. Have you no, ever seen that video? No, I didn't see that. Who's but that's the, the thing with comedy. It's like, it's the grand irony is that you're alone on a stage, you're unprotected basically, and you're just trying to make people laugh. No, exposed. And but, but you're do you think totally social media, exposed. And do you think social media has part of that? Because nowadays they're on Twitter or whatever and they're commenting everywhere. So do you think nowadays it actually it's 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 hurt it in the sense of because when you're heckling or whatever, they feel like that they can actually respond to your material because they're doing it online and everywhere else. I think there might be a tiny bit more of like call and response type shit going on where the crowd doesn't get that you can't talk back, that you shouldn't be doing it. You remember all but I don't I don't think it's changed drastically. When you're uh, when you're uh, adding alcohol to anything, people want to be the center of attention. A lot of people like to to feel like they want to be part of the show. And then what happens is is when the comic engages, when they're trying to like, there's some comics that really know how to handle. I mean, like Bobby Slate knows how to shut someone up. No doubt, Rogan, and, uh, Rogan, Burr, Burr. And, and from experience and then, too. Yeah, absolutely. Being in the and then there's comics that just here. don't know how to navigate. Because yeah, they're young. They're young, and they're they're like they're kind of going back and forth, and and they don't know how to engage enough to where it's like. All right, I want you to have a good time, but you really need to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. please. It takes years, by the way, yeah. to develop that skill. Do you know of putting of, of handling a heck? It and is. You know what's so crazy? It doesn't happen right away. It goes away. on our side too. Like we hire these door guys, and we're trying to explain to them how to keep the room quiet and how to engage a customer that's there to have a good time. And of course, the customer, the first thing they do is, I was only laughing, which I did like a Todd glass thing he did like a bit about that <laughs> but uh, my voice yeah, it's it, didn't a, it didn't work didn't but work. <laughs> he goes yeah it was only and and he would go 
Well, you're not kicked out because you were just laughing. But you know what the worst part is? But the clubs get blamed for all of it. Whether right. and it's like some stuff's just out of your control. And you know, it's like when a comic's doing three hours on the early show and it's a hundred degrees outside in Phoenix and you got three hundred people waiting in line, you know, they blame the club and there's only so much you can do because look, you, you wanna make sure that they have the best experience possible because it, it hurts everybody, right? So if you're going in there and, and you're hilarious, whatever, and, and they're have a bad time or they're waiting too much in line, you're already like running uphill. And so there's just so many moving parts that, that come into play to that of a great show where we're protecting the artist too and protecting the show to make sure that it is, is a good time. And but comedy, just, like owning comedy clubs, again, there's, there's some really incredible, incredible things. And then there's things that, you know, that we try to prevent and, you know, we're trying to make the best experience possible. And we understand that in certain markets, there's hot weather and certain markets there's cold weather and it's it's really hard to put in 300 people in and 300 people out and making sure that everyone feels like what their feeling is the most important it's like that it's like everyday everyday life and that's what we do we deal with thousands of personalities every day do you prep your staff as like for, like on an like on an approachable uh, oh like, yeah! Like you give them okay. like how to approach. Like come at them friendly first. Always, always friendly, and then you know on the second approach, you know like you teach them how to throw somebody out if they have to get through. Like you tell them, yeah. sure, be cool yeah. at first because they're here for fun. Like you said, but unfortunately, you know, ruin everybody else's time. Yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> you it's can only very tell them far so much. between that it works out great. You right. always have that either drunk guy that. I didn't do anything wrong and he's causing a scene and then everyone's looking to the right and then you know for a comedian again I'm not a comedian but about timing and you know ruining that show and you know you have these headliners that that just don't want to deal with it and that's why they don't want to work comedy clubs because there's so many comedy clubs out there right now yeah. that don't protect the talent yep. and that's why I think we pride ourselves Maddie and I in the clubs that we own and operate that we're always concentrating on Talent is king. And yeah. Everything is about the talent. Within Since this day one, you guys have been like that. Right. You guys run the tightest ship of any comedy chain Thank I've you ever, ever seen. And I've been, I'm including theaters. I mean, I've been everywhere now with Sebastian, with Saget, with Rogan, yeah, everywhere. You guys do run. It's because you love the game. It's, it's but I will love tell you, have you heard of the, uh, and we've done it twice. Well, we did it once here with Michael Che. But in, when I went to go see Chappelle and went to see rock they're using yonder it's called yonder where you put your cell phone in a pouch i've heard of it i haven't seen it yet you know we were thinking about doing that at the club too because that's another problem is that you know it's very hard i'm only taking a photo and you know i paid 30 dollar ticket or i paid you know, terrible distracting, it's a distracting terrible so you know guys like rock and guys like you know, uh, Chappelle, granted they're protecting their material, especially when they have a special coming out. Yeah. But I think it's great just for the fact that the distraction of it, it's execution that's a tough, it's really tough. I think it's actually more, I think it's a more, it's more beneficial for distraction than it is material. Like what is someone gonna like, I mean, you're, everyone's gonna catch Chris's material or Chappelle's material at some point, you know what I mean? Like, are yeah. they really worried that someone's gonna get a three minute bit out there and it's gonna like take away from ticket sales? I think it's a great thing for distraction. How do you end it? I have no idea. No, it's, it's tough to execute. It's a fucking nightmare. It's, it's a magnet in a pouch. And then you think about this, like, you know, I don't have any kids, but Maddie has two. And if all of a sudden his babysitter tries to reach out, it's like, 
But you know Fuck. what? Twenty five years ago, if the babysitter had to call, they call the club. Right. I didn't they used think to about walk it. to school. I'm not going on. Still, still, still call the club. You know what's cool though is, get is a hold they work. They don't have to take you, days off. You kept looking at your phone and touching it. It was a really killer experience to not even be able to touch it. And you really like I you, you talk to people. Yeah. And like it was a uh, it was for Chappelle. Rock did it too. And you're just so focused on the experience that the right it's that distraction. And when your tunnel vision would going back to the blinder. So it was cool. It was a good. Uh, it was. Kind I don't want to cool, date myself, uh, cool but we experience. even when I started, people were even smoking cigs inside the showroom, and I had these uh, smoke eaters that all uh, you would hear. Can you make a cricket noise, like kind of crackly? <laughs> like, and you would hear it. And, and Joel grew up smoking yeah, on airplanes yeah, in the I, '60s. I mean, there's a couple of people in this room, I'm sure had that as well they used to but smoke they, on the but airplane they, no i mean you were in non-smoking but you were like just the first row above smoking yeah. and my favorite so my favorite was when they would take their cig and put it out on a banquette and then you would have a big burn all that was my favorite yeah. joel was i love that mad men was based on joel yeah it's it was, it was i love smoking cigs in chicago at the zanies whatever that club there there's nothing like smoking cigs watching comedy that's drinking a great beer. club cigs that's a comedy uh, chicken finger we should do one night classic. only smoking cigs Eating chicken fingers. And you can just smoke cigs and watch comedy. Just cigs and smoke. Every Sunday. Speaking of, speaking of smoke and drinking, RIP Ralphie May, my oh, homie, oh, my homeboy. Is that how you're going to end okay. it? That's your closer? No, no. Listen, I'm, a, I, I, I'm making movies, closer. bro. I'll end on a sad <laughs> note if I have listen to. Listen to me. Ralphie was the best, bro. Every time I would see Ralphie, to the, uh, literally like weeks ago, he was like, Mike Young, I got the jump rope with me. I'm, fucking, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. We're going to start boxing. I'm jumping rope. I'm, cl I'm clearing out the lungs. He would fucking kill Ralphie, me, man. For some reason, I would always have him, again, right now, I would always be wearing a blue shirt. So all of a sudden, I'd be listening to radio. Are we wrapping it up? A moment yeah, like this. No, tell um, us a Ralphie story. And he would all, for, I don't know what it is, if my favorite color is blue, but all of a sudden, I'd be checking, checking in, listening to him on radio, and all of a sudden, he would just be going on about Joel and his blue shirt. And I'm listening to him on the radio. And as um, op we're opening up the doors, I feel like, Ah, oh, you're Joe with the blue shirt. I this he, motherfucker I need that in my have life. any other shirt but yeah, blue. Blue. And yes, Ralphie May, rest in peace. He was an amazing comic, an amazing man, and helped a ton of young comics. And he was the perfect headliner and the perfect comic to help build comedy. Yeah. And that's what that's what sucks that we keep losing these incredible guys like John Panette and yeah. you know Ra and the Ralphie Mays of the world and the Richard Jennings. It's it it, it just blows. Yeah. But you know Sucks. what? Such is life. Lessons learned. I learned a ton from Ralphie, by the way. I mean, he he was like he taught me discipline in writing. Actually, fifteen years ago, he's like Mike Young. Look at the paper every day. Every day, look at the back of the paper. Go to that little section of USA Today where every every state has a has a news story. Just write three jokes out of different states. I was like, and then I don't what, know what the he fuck would you're do? Talking about? I don't and then what states. Ralphie would do is he would do all the different states all in one show. So the show ended for th when. For three hours, yeah. he covered all the. See, that was like trying to. It's a good lead call, he would go it's long. He would go long. I, uh, yeah, so he like did the thing. But listen, right. I, I would really love, and I don't want to make it about Matt Komen, but I would really love for Matt to tell you the homeless man story, just because we're downtown. 
Cityscape. Is it a good one to wrap no. up on? No, it's, it's really funny. Up. It's not a good wrap up. It, it, just say it. Just, just say it real know. quick. I, I don't wrap up. I want to hear it. Yeah, it's just no, a I just funny. Had, I had my homeless guy, man. I was well, single. Wait. Start off with where you would ch- food shop. I go to 7 Eleven. I was single. Like, I would go, if they had clothes, I would have bought clothes at 7 Eleven because it's like literally was, it had everything. It was your Costco. Yeah, it was my Costco at the time when I go and it was on my way home and I had a homeless guy. Do you ever have a homeless guy? Just as a friend? Like yeah, like he's you your guy. With? You know what I mean? You always like take care of him. He's always at the same spot. You know, I'm there on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. I got a guy. Take care of him, you know, and he always, oh man, he's like, thank God it's Friday. And I'm like, seriously? Like, I'm like, and then one time I'm getting him No, but do you get the whole thing? I'm like, getting, thank God it's he Friday. He didn't do anything all week. Well, I don't know he's if everyone out there jokes. is listening. Like, is this you trying to give me his first and best bit? <laughs> no, it's just, he's not telling it as great as it's I this, thought. This, 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 so all right, continue. No, no, continue. Just so finish I go it. to get him some milk. Yeah. He offers he in 900 degree weather, which is great milk, for any homeless man. And I'm stomach. getting milk out the window, and I hear the little tap on the on the window, and yeah. he's like, <laughs> he wanted a very specific kind of milk. So yeah, that's it, man. I think it's fucking it. great. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, he knows what he wants. He had a tough week. Yeah, that's like being homeless. Guy, yeah, so turkey sandwich. Uh, he might have been lactose intolerant. He needed yeah, a very specific like, time. Uh, so to me, I thought it was great. I guess it's like that was my homeless guy. Miss him. Great, great, st- great story. Sorry. Shout out if he's here this weekend. Come on, we're down here. All downtown. things comedy. Boom. All right, we're wrapping up. Joel Bashkoff, Matt like, Coleman. You look like Michael Rappaport, by the way. I feel like Michael Rappaport. I ghost wrote his book. Did I tell you that? Yes. Twice. Sorry, we were wrapping Twice. up and I took no, it. No, no. Again. Let's start again. Do, it, do, it, again. do it again, but you want to say something. Do like the whole thing again. Well, we do. We got, I mean, I got... We got a book coming out. It came out yesterday. It's called This This Book Has Balls. It's Rappaport's oh, book. I was the ghostwriter. It just came out. Can you out. tell people you're be, the ghostwriter? You know, I don't know. You I might actually, have just I broken actually, your NDA. I actually you don't might, can even we, know. Can we rewind? I truly you don't know the rules of ghostwriting. Aaron, can we cut, I took the cash cut five. and the back end money. You got back end of ghostwriting? Yeah, ghostwriting. you. Bro. But we, we, we he Young did a, Americans, he 2018. Let's do this. For the record, he, Boom. Did, he did a ton of writing. A lot of writing. I just cleaned it up. Um Mike Young, stories that need to be told, fellas. Thank you, thank you, thank Improv you. Owners, this is stand up live. This was the first first festival, first I'm podcast drunk. of the festival. And uh, yo, Young American Comedy Tour, 2018. Thank you so much, Joel. If All you don't comedy. bring it back, bro, you're gonna hear from me every week. Listen, and it's man, be it's on. Nobody will even hear this to even know that we're doing it. You better really? start putting it out there. All things comedy. Peace. Dacca. Peace. Good jump off. Good jump off.